0: To me. Um, and don't just assume that you may know what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I am veering off from my little um, series I've been doing on the 10 words. I'm going to go off that today. We'll probably got to get back on that the next time. But I'm going to go a different direction today, and just, I don't plan to be too off along with this today, but let me read this same passage today from the Message Paraphrase, Mark 12, 41, 44. Sitting across from the offering box, he was observing how the crowd tossed money in for collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up. And put in two small coins. A measly two cents. Everybody say two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said. The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection. Than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave all. Well, I'm going to say again. Don't don't check out or think you may know exactly what direction I may be going this today. But. Uh, from my text that I'm reading here, because it's money, you know. But um, and I don't, I don't plan to be real long today. And but it's something that I feel like the Lord kind of laid in my spirit this week, and the last two days I've been praying about. Just two days, just the last few days I've been praying about this. Just today, because you know, I when I realized, well, we're not going to have our kids fast. Well, we'll get back to to the series of it. It's like I couldn't get my mind wrapped to today that I need to go there. And I, I kind of understand why since we're here today with where we are with it. But um, don't don't check out with me today with this. But um, this story is just interesting. And when I read it from the message, it really, the way Jesus uh, says it here, in the message, this poor widow came up and put two small coins, a measly two cents. So I, we've all heard the saying, well, that's my two cents worth. No doubt we've all heard that. So I went to Brother Google and trying to find the original ideal was, well, that's my two cents worth. Or right, I'm going to put my two cents worth in. And of course, we can we can think we can go back and think, well, it probably come from from this text today that the woman put in two mites, and it, it probably does originally come from there, but so I done a little search, and you can find all kinds of things of uh, about idioms of where they come from and their origination and and I found this blog post called the Editor's Corner, and this is what they said. They said, "My two cents." And its longer version, put my two cents in, is an American uh, idiomatic expression taken from the original English idiom to put in my two penny worth, or my two cents. So it's used to preface the tentative statement of one's opinion by depicting the opinion to follow, suggesting its value is only two cents, or a very small amount. The user of the phrase showing politeness and humility hopes to lessen the impact of possibly a contentious statement. However, it is also sometimes used ironically when expressing a strongly held opinion. The phrase is also sometimes used out of habit to preference uncontentious opinions. Some believe that the phrase originated in betting card games, such as a poker game. In these games, you must make a small bet, or what they call a nanny, before playing, beginning your play. And so the phrase kind of makes an analogy between entering the game and entering a conversation. You have to put your two cents worth in to start the game. But there is no documentary evidence of this being the original, the origin of this idiom. So it's merely speculation. Others likely, uh, the likely, re- likely origins are that my two pennies worth is divided from the much older 16th century English expression, a penny for your thoughts. It's possible it's a sarcastic response to receiving more opinion than you wanted. So you give your two cents instead of one. I said a penny for your thought, but I got two pennies worth. Two cents and its variations may also be used in a place of a noun or opinion, or the verb phrase state opinion. You had to put your two cents in, didn't you? Or, but that's just my two cents. The expression is often often used at the end of a statement of, oh, that's just my two cents worth. And there are some beliefs that the idiom may have its origin in the early cost of postage in England. When the two penny post, or two pennies was the normal charge of sending a letter containing Somebody's words and thoughts or feelings to someone. So, if the last meaning of the phrase when people wrote to the editor of the newspaper, when you buy a stamp for two cents, basically uh, saying, my opinion to the editor cost me two cents. So, now, nowadays, the letter is not sent like it used to be as much. Now then, our opinion is, we put it on websites, we put it on social media, and them are free apps that you download, and they don't cost you nothing. So now our opinion is no longer worth anything. <laughs> it's about about the truth. So that blog post I just read to you, it was actually worthless because it didn't cost me nothing to go look it up in my time. So, But we think about this There's no doubt every one of us has given... Are two cents worth or you've had somebody to give you their two cents worth when you're looking at words you know and we knew when we gave it to the other person they probably really didn't want it and we sure didn't want their two cents worth when they give it to us I've had plenty of people say well you may not want to hear this but this is my two cents worth anyway and I'll be honest I've done it myself especially when it comes to my kids or young people or such, you know, but and I know that might have been a long introduction, but today um, that's just my two cents worth, okay but today I I do want to talk about this for a few moments something a little bit more than just that, this kind of got on my mind, this is my thought when my two cents matters, okay this is my thought, when my two cents matters And no doubt, we can see that the earliest reference to this analogy of two cents, given by two cents, it appears in the lesson of the widow's might in our text from the Gospel of Mark today. You can also find this text in the Gospel of Luke. In this story, we see wealthy people coming to the temple, those who would go often and they would donate their large sums of money, but we see this extremely poor widow, she places just two small coins, two cents. And as the message paraphrased that I read behind our opening text from the King James Version, I read the, the message, it puts it that she put her two cents into the offering. The woman put in both of her mites, her two cents, if you please today. And since she had two cents, She could have kept one of them according to some standards of that time. She could have kept one of them. But she gave both of them. She put both of the two cents into the treasury. That is a very little amount that she put in. That amount that the woman put in contributed... It 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 doesn't even come close to matching probably the contributions of the rich people that was giving that day. Probably nowhere near did it even come close. Monetarily, this woman really gave nothing at all. I mean, if you think about it, what she gave, it really wasn't going to help support the priests because they lived off the, the, uh, the offerings of the people. The priests didn't work. They they lived off the offering of the people. It but her two cents worth, Brother David, was not gonna help support the priest. It wasn't gonna help to buy any supplies to keep up the temple. It wasn't gonna help buy the toilet paper then at the end of that time. I don't know if they had toilet paper or not, I really don't know. <laughs> it wasn't gonna help buy uh pay the the people to to for, for the for the bread that they had in there We're going to help pay for the wine or anything like that in the temple. We're going to help pay for the oil for the lamps. What this woman gave was literally, seemingly, to be nothing. It was just her two cents. But it appears only what she gave was pretty much, hear this today, worthless to the temple. It was just her two cents worth. But you see, Jesus, Sister Heather, sat opposite of the treasury and watched the people putting the money into the treasury. Along the walls of the courtyard is where they'd have the money, where you'd go and you'd, you'd take your money. Along the wall of uh, where this, the women's courtyard was, it was separate for the men and the women, there were 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles to accept the Jewish offerings. Ladies would go one way, the men the other. And obviously, putting the money into these receptacles would make a lot of noise. And we need to realize that during that time, there was not any paper money. Now, although in our, in our churches, we see a lot of change. But by and large, those who give on a regular basis, they will give with cash, which is paper. Or they will give with a check. And nowadays, especially since we've had the pandemic, when we wasn't coming, people started giving through a method called Venmo. Actually, we have several that that's the only way they ever give to the church anymore. It's Venmo. They, they electronically send it, and then we get a notification, and we just uh, take it from our Venmo account and move it straight into the church account. It works very well, you know. But they didn't have that during these times. Then these boxes they had, they were shaped specifically to cause a loud sound as the coins were dropped inside of these boxes. So as Jesus sat and he watched, the many people who were rich put their money in there. If perhaps you've ever went to the coin machine at Walmart or Kroger's used to have it, if you've uh, I've done that a few times to when I finally realized how much money they were taking of mine just to count my change, nine cents to the dollar. That's a lot of money. It's like I, I can buy wrappers cheaper than that. Yeah. So I, I, st- I start because we get a lot of change to come through the church. I've done that a couple times because time's sake. I'll pay some kid a dime per dollar before I go pay Walmart next time. <laughs> Let them wrap that money up. But we just have fun with it. We'll just dump it all out in the middle and they'll say, hey, let's wrap it up together. So we don't think about that stuff. I, I remember dumping that change and I've seen these kids come up, at Walmart, different places, you know. They it's a lot funner to them. They just dump that change in and you hear it. You hear it change rattling and and uh this this is This is kind of how, what was going on. They had these 13 change boxes, and these rich people would come along and just dumping their amounts of money in there, and they they would hear it rattle as it went down. And honestly, it should be that way. Those who make more, they should give more. It should be that way. And a lot of people get hung up with that. And understand that I'm not just talking about money. With this story today, I, I'm going to reference it, but my real thought today is not money. So don't, don't get lost in what I'm talking about here. Uh, I think, oh, it's just another money sermon. You know me, I don't talk a harp about money at all, all right? If I err in that area, it's probably that I don't talk about it enough. But um, there's a lesson we can learn with money here, but there's a deeper lesson that I'm wanting to teach us today with this. But... Of course, if somebody makes more, they should give more. And it's, you know, it's not hard to give uh, 10 cents tithing on a dollar. But if you're making a $1,000, it's a little harder to pay the $100 in, some, in our mindset. But it's still 10%. But if you make more, of course, they should give more. But as Jesus sat and watched as this was carrying on, it would seem as, as, as though... Um, Jesus was wanting to teach them a lesson there that day. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 1, He said, take heed that you do not give your arm before men just to be seen of them. Or your reward, it's, it's, you know, he, He's just letting them look. You, you can't just be doing it. And obviously, if we know humanity, because We still deal with this problem that were people coming along, probably breaking it down to the smallest change that they could get. They wouldn't take the big coins in, because although we, you know, they didn't have money, the paper money then, they still had different sizes of coins. And no doubt, instead of taking the big coins that was worth a lot more money, they'd take the little ones, so it sounded like a lot. Change going everywhere, you know. And we've got to be careful that we're not give or just to do things, just to be seen. That should never be the process. But when this poor widow put in her two cents, her two mites, it was a very significant story to us. Because no doubt, You hear all these different boxes with this change. just like the change machines at Walmart. And all you hear with her is just ting, ting. And she goes about her business. This woman was poor. The Bible said this poor widow woman. The Greek word poor here refers to not just poor, but utterly poor. The ideal, if I could... Help us with it today. That this woman is, is, is looming in this danger. The fact that she is about to starve. This is how poor she is. And she put these two mites in. And um, these mites, in Greek, was lepta. The coin had the least value of any corn in circulation at the time of Jesus. The mite was worth one sixty-fourth of a denarius. A denarius was the daily wage in Jesus' day. In other words, the denarius was just a going rate. Like, you know, that's what everybody got for a day's wage. You got paid a denarius. This woman put in two mites which is basically one sixty-fourth of a denarius. That is not very much. Mark stresses that this was a very important lesson for the disciples. And Jesus calls his disciples to himself after all this happens. And he begins to teach them with, he says, verily, verily, or assuredly, I'm telling you, assuredly, this poor widow gave more than all those who had given to the treasury today. Everybody else gave out of their abundance. They weren't going To miss what they had just given. This poor widow, she gave everything she had to live on. He he let them know you see all these people dumping all these money, all this money in there today, they're not gonna miss what they've even dumped in there. But this woman, she gave everything. She gave every cent that she had. She gave far more than she could afford. Someone once said, "The test of giving liberally is not what is given, but it's what we have left once we give it." And that goes beyond just money. It goes beyond just money. That goes to to other things in our life, and we see we see people who who and I've had people come to me before. Financially, and say, "Look, I'm going to try to outgive God." I said, "Well, you need to prepare to get blessed." Then, I literally had—I'll just tell you. Texas told me one day. He said, "I'm going to put God to the test. I'm going to try to outgive God." I'm like, "You prepare to be blessed." And during that time, God brought his salary that he was making up. Since then, it has been seven dollars per hour. so you cannot outgive God and I know times he was given more than the bank account needed to be given I know because I had to help him out or I think I was going to help him then all of a sudden money would fall on him and it happened for them a lot but this woman she done something and again don't think I'm just talking about money because I'm not I want to go beyond that. Because what I'm talking about today is when my two cents matters. Because in general, when we hear to the two-cent phrase, like, I I don't want your, don't put your two cents in, okay? And maybe you've been in an argument with somebody, you feel comfortable enough to look, and you're, you're pleading and telling your case, and you say, but I don't want your two cents, okay? And understand today, God doesn't need our two cents. But the quest that I'm on today is to let us know that when my two cents does matter is when we're willing to give to God courageously. Because this is when this two cents mattered. Because it's not that this woman, her two pennies that she gave, her two cents, her, her two little coins that she dropped in there wasn't going to make a difference in and, and uh, helping, as I said, that, that temple out, that priest out. But this woman gave courageously of something that she did not have. So today, I, I want to give us a few lessons that we can learn from this story today. And I want to tell us today that my two cents worth matters when what I'm given is courageous. When I'm stepping out on a limb, willing to to give when i don't have nothing else to give and again i'm going beyond financially i'm going when you're emotionally distraught and you feel like i can't go to the house of god but you get up and you go anyway when you come to the house of god and you don't feel like worshiping you don't Feel like being here, but you go ahead and you come anyway. You go ahead and you raise your hands and you lift your hands to God and you're given all you got because this is the lesson and what I'm trying uh, that Jesus was trying to tell us in this is this woman gave everything she had. She gave courageously, knowing that I may be given and I may not get nothing out of it, but I'm going to give it anyway. And that's how we need to be, whether it's in prayer or in study. Because I promise you, there's a lot of times I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like being nice. I don't feel like being kind. But when my two cents worth matters, and when I give something that I really don't have in me anyway, and I go ahead and give it, because I'm giving it for the kingdom. I'm not just talking about giving of our money. Although we do need to give. We do. That's a part of it. But not just of our money. We need to give of our time. We need to give of ourself. Because in this last hour that we're in right now, it is so many people, whether it be in the church or out of the church, it is something that's drove into people. You just do what you want to do. Do you. Just do what you want to do. I promise you, as a pastor, I can't always do just what Daniel wants to do. You, as individuals, you can't just always do what you want to do. But David, you don't want to go walk them seven or eight miles every day. Some days you may want to get out and go. But, but when it's 20 degrees outside and, and, and ice and snow, you don't want to go. When it's 105 with a heat index with 115. You don't want to go. At times you just got to go and do it anyway. And part of being a child of God is, is we walk by faith. And this is what this woman was doing. She was walking by faith. And she just done what she knew she needed to do. And it's like, Holy, I got these two cents, and I know I don't got to give them both, but I'm just going to go ahead and give it all anyway. I know I need to go to the house of God because that's what's expected of me. But I'm going to take it farther than that. Because when I get to the house of God, I don't feel like being there, but I know I'm expected to be there, but when I get there, I'm going to worship anyway. I'm going to praise God anyway. Because that's when my two cents matters is when it I'm giving everything I got. And in this last time when it's a time when they say just do what you want to do. We have to be the apostolic church. This hour needs the church to be the church. And if we are to be apostolic in this last hour then we need to fulfill the meaning of what apostolic is. Now I know we we want to use the phrase that we're apostolic because that's what the apostles the apostles taught. The apostolic, we call the apostolic doctrine, but the apostle, the apostolic by and in itself means sent. That's why he is an apostle. He has been sent to take the gospel to somebody. So if we're going to be in this hour, the 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 church that we need to be, we need to be apostles and apostolic, and we need to send what we got for the kingdom of God and God has sent us here in such a time as this. We're like king we're like queen Esther. God has placed us in this hour for such a time as this. This world needs Jesus and they need us to be sent to this world. But it's not going to do us no good to go and be sent if we're not going to give everything we got. Because no matter what we got we are sent to this dying lost world and when, when our two cents will matter to this world is when we will give ourselves completely to the kingdom of God. And when you and I use what we got, God will do what we can't do. And that's only going to happen when we follow the example of this widow lady and give all we got And do it courageously. You know, let me give you the recipe uh, of faith. A couple things here. This 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 is the best way to define faith. R I S K. It's a risk. You're willing to take a risk. You're willing to do it scared. The guy, most people who's courageous, it's not that they're not afraid. It's they're willing to take a risk. They're willing to put God to the test. They're willing to say, okay, God, you want me to take my son to the mountain and sacrifice him? I know that's what everybody else does, but I know your voice and I know you spoke to me. So me and that boy is going to go up that mountain and I'm going to sacrifice him because I know you told me there's going to be a great nation to him. So if I sacrifice and kill that boy, guess what, God? You're going to raise him back up. So yeah, you think I'm not going to go up that mountain? I'm going to see a miracle today. That's what Abraham thought. Was he afraid? I guarantee he was afraid. Was Isaac afraid? of? Sure he was afraid. We talk about Abraham's face, but what about Uh, Isaac's faith. He wasn't baby Corbin. He's Jimmy. He's Texas. Probably more like Texas. A lot of theologians say he was about 23. Dad, I see the wood. I see the way we're going to make the fire. But where's the sacrifice? God will make a way, son. You, you, You think that Isaac hadn't heard them crazy stories about God's... Sending him out from his home place and leaving his family. You think, I don't know if Abraham shared that with him that, hey, you're going to be the sacrifice. I know the Bible said, it said, oh, we're going to, the Lord will provide a sacrifice, but I want somewhere in there, it has to be inside of his head, especially when he lays him on the altar and starts binding him. Oh, I'm the sacrifice. We don't read about him struggling too much. He knew the stories. He knew that he knew that he was going to be the one that was going to be that that uh, uh, great thing. So Isaac was willing to give his all, and guess what? God brought a miracle. And when you are uh, you and I, when our two cents worth matters is when we're willing to give it all and know, okay, God's going to make a way. He's going to do it. I know He's going to do it. And we and here's the thing: we can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. And again, I'm not just talking about money today. Because nobody cares what you give them if they know that you don't love. I've had people just to come do and give things to me and all they were doing is just to, for for face, you know. And here's the thing. I see it all the time. I know you guys do too on social media. People going and giving some homeless person a Happy Meal or a burger And here they've got the camera. Look at me. Look what I'm doing today. I'm feeding the homeless. Well, what are you doing that for? For a name? I've I've taken offerings, been a part of taking offerings many times, and some of the greatest offerings I've ever unrolled in an offering pan had no name attached. Again, I'm not just talking about money here. Some of the greatest deeds I've ever seen done is I don't know who done it. Somebody just done something, and I don't know who done it. See, God doesn't measure sacrifice by the size of the gift, but by its cost to the giver. Because here's the thing: not only do we need somebody to drop money in an offering pan to keep the church going, and lights on, and, and all this kind of stuff, but we we also we also need people that's willing to uh, uh, go the the extra mile and and. and Clean and, and, and mow and, and do all these kind of different things. We need that stuff in the kingdom. When my two cents matters is when somebody will get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and they got to be at work at 7 and say, you know what? I'm going to either do a, wait a little bit of sleep or I'm going to go to bed early to where I can get up and not be wore out all day so I can pray and I can read. Or, or somebody turns the internet off and the TV off an hour or two early at nighttime and says, you know what, I'm going to spend that last hour of my day in giving it to the kingdom. That's when my two, two cents matters. See, it, it, it's not the proportion, but the proportion, not the portion, but the proportion of what I give. It's not how big it is, but it's how much I have left. See, when we we our two cents involves giving more than who we are or what we are, it becomes courageous. My two cents matters when it becomes courageous, and courageous givers give more than they're able to give. This poor widow gave far more than she could afford monetarily for stuff. Why is courageous giving so important? Giving to the kingdom of God courageously allows God to bless us. When we give courageously, it allows God to bless us. And God blesses those who give courageously. Listen to Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven: He who giveth to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven. 27. If, if we will give to the poor, and again, I want to go beyond just money, but giving to the poor, just our time to let them know that we care. We care. We love them. The Bible says that 2 Corinthians 9, 6, He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. If we, there's no doubt God greatly blessed that poor widow. Here's the thing. If we think that woman gave her last two cents and God didn't bless her, then we don't believe the Bible. I guarantee you that woman gave. And somehow, Jesus was watching. Somehow or another, when she got back home, she found out. God had done something for her. What about the woman, Elijah? Look, why don't you go ahead and give me, make me a cake out of that oil first. Well, why not? I'll just go ahead and give you all I got. That oil and that that cruise of oil didn't go all the way to the top, but it never ran out. God doesn't promise a monetary blessing for our giving, but He promises to bless you, Amen. and that's how it works. When we're willing to give, we give our time, our self, or our money. I want to tell you what God will bless you abundantly. Amen. It's just the way it works. And what our two cents matters is when we give what we don't have. Jim Elliott that made that famous quote he is no fool who will give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose our two cents matters when it allows the church to function church has bills to pay we do have a mortgage that there's not a lot left on it we have light bill we have gas bill we don't pay it that often we do and courageously giving allows the church to continue its existence. But let me take it farther than just that two cents of money you may put in there. Your two cents matters to this church when you give of yourself. allows the load to spread across the congregation. You guys have no idea what the value of Texas and Jacob has been to me since the pandemic. It has allowed, when they put... They're two cents in and they, they give of the king to the kingdom and they're uh, preaching on Sunday or, or what because by and large every other Sunday one or another of those preach and it takes a huge load off of me. And what could happen if we'd done that as a church and we walked in here and, and you guys know, okay, there is what we call stapler worshipers in the house of God. By and large, we know there's people that's going to show up every service. We know there's people that's going to not only show up, but they're going to worship every service. We know there's people that's going to show up and they're going to give what they can. But what would happen if everybody started giving their that type of two cents when it really matters and you give all you got to the kingdom of God? I know there's people that praise and I know there's people that study the Word of God. And I know there's people that invite people to the house of God. But what would happen if every one of us would begin to get this, this, this uh, mentality that, you know what, I don't have a lot, but what I have, I want to give to the kingdom of God. I'll never forget the nursing home service several years ago when me and Brother Brad Giffen was there and, and uh, at that time. And I don't remember who was... Teacher preaching that day at that nursing home service. We was in a worship service. And this little lady, she was in a wheelchair. She was rolling forward and backward. Forward and backward. Brother Giffen looked at me and he said, look at that. She don't have a lot. But what she does have today, she's worshiping God with rolling that, that wheelchair back and forwards. That's the two cents that I'm talking about today. When we're willing to give. Our two cents worth matters when it comes. When it, when it allows the church to care. I promise you. I, I, I'd love for us to be able to do a lot of different things. I, I, now, now hear me. We're not a large congregation by no means. We've been larger than we are. And I, I believe and anticipate it's going to get larger. But last, this weekend was supposed to have been Kids Fest. And one reason we didn't do it is because we had key individuals that were going to do key things that were sick and quarantined and those that was left could not do it. It was too big of a task for them. And that's one reason this week it is canceled. Hear me today. If it had been... Another church, I'll, I'll use Star Bethlehem, for example. And I know it's been there for 90 years and not like 15 like ours. That's our, our goal type of thing. But if, if one of their key individuals got sick, somebody else could have been able to step up. And today, if, if you get anything out of this, I am challenging us to step up to that place to where you, you're, you're like, oh, well, I don't got much to give, Brother Orton. Let me tell you what. If, if, uh, if, if you know somebody else could pick up this and this one wouldn't have to do it. That matters. It's like the little boy they're going across the beach picking you know, hundreds, thousands of starfish on the beach and, and, and this boy's picking them up, throwing them back in the ocean. I know you've heard the story many times. I've told it. And this guy says, what are you doing? He said, I'm helping these starfish. And the guy said, look at all these starfish. You, you can't save all those. And he picks that one up and he throws it back in the ocean. He said, I made a difference in his life. We make a difference in one person's life, one child's life. That's when our two cents matters. is when we're given to the kingdom of God and it impacts the kingdom. I'm almost done here. And if, if we don't have enough money or people willing to give, they're all, it's hard to show the care to the church and to the community that we want. And by and large, we, we do well. We, people, people jump in here. We get things going on. People jump in here and they say, oh, let's do this. And we do it. God always makes a way. And by and large, but, but I promise you, I see it happening. There's people who go beyond what they, what's really expected of them. And I promise you, that does not go unseen. And there's been times I've seen some that just like you know you you missed a blessing because you 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 could have been a part of that I'll, I'll never forget I'm gonna say this and I have a close and I'll be done years ago I was a young man at star Bethlehem and we used to have what we call prayer partners every year beginning of the year we wouldn't Everybody's name that wanted to be involved would, would go into something, and you'd you'd pull a name out, as long as it wasn't yours, you know, and it was your responsibility to make sure that you prayed for that individual every day that year, so we made sure somebody was, you know, somebody was getting prayed for by somebody every day, and uh, at the end of the year, we would go to that person and let them know, you know, you'd, usually it was Christmas time, they give them a card and say, hey, I was your prayer partner this year, I just want to let you know I've been praying for you. A lot of times, you do that, you'd find out when their birthday, their anniversary was, you'd... Or maybe just randomly you'd you'd send them a card or you'd leave them something. Say, hey, I just want you to know that I'm your prayer partner. No name. I've been praying for you. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. I'll never forget. I was a young man. I was 16, 17. Did, Did I pray for this individual every day? As a young man, I don't know if I remember if I prayed for him every day, but I prayed for them often. That individual was sick a lot that year. And, um... I'll never forget this. I give that lady the Christmas card. And she opened it up. And she looked at me and she said, Well, you must not have done a very good job this year. I was sick a lot. I didn't say it. But as I walked away, I thought, You could have died. Maybe my little prayer made a difference keeping you from dying at least. As a young man, I wanted to go back and tell her maybe I should have prayed harder and you could just died and I got another one no I didn't I didn't want to, i didn't have that thought but i did I did have them thoughts of it hurt me as a young man thinking instead of saying wow thank you for your prayers this year it's like well you didn't do a very good job like all that laid on me right there right listen you may not think what little bit you have can make a difference but if you're giving all you got, that's when your two cents matters, because this is what this lady done. You you may think, well, it's just me. And if I show up, I'm not able to do this and that. I promise you, as a pastor, when I see somebody walk through them doors, it makes a huge difference. Somebody that hadn't been for a while or 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 somebody that's always here, you know. Every person walks through the door it makes a difference. When somebody comes and just simply says, and you feel the same way, you just says, hey, look, I've just been thinking about you. That, that's when your two cents matters. When, when you're letting somebody know, well, it may, it may seem insignificant, but I give some time for you, for the kingdom. And I close with probably the most famous scripture in the Word of God. is John 3, 16. That whosoever believeth in him should not... Um, I'm sorry. The next verse. We know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave all of his humanity to us on the cross. Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. If you think that when they whipped him that he didn't feel that you're kidding yourself. He was fully humanity and he felt every stripe. He felt the piercing of them nails in his hands. He felt the thorns on his head. And Jesus gave all that humanity to us, for us, on the cross. And if you and I can use that same concept, and we can crucify our flesh as Jesus did on the cross, then this gospel could be spread all around through Marion and the surrounding area, and even throughout the entire world. I heard an incredible story this week I listened to by the Jerry Dean pastor in Louisiana. He's actually the, the church that Sister Jerry Barnes came from. You know, y'all may remember Sister Jerry Barnes. They came for a while. He's, he said as a young man, a missionary came and missionary said, for $14, I think he said, for $14, you can help save a life. Brother Jerry Dean, as a young man, he didn't disclose his age, but he said, as a young man, I figured out I might not be able to go, but if all I can do, if I can give $14, and that would help save a soul in another country, I can do that. I can do that. And, but that concept, for Brother Jerry Dean, done something to his world, to where now his church nearly every year has become... Uh, it's either the first or the second every year, and given to global missions. And see, he's doing what he can with what he's got, and he sits inside of a brand new, a a completely paid off building. They give multiple things every year. He's doing what he can, and then God's doing what He can, because this is how it works. When our two cents matters, when we give what we can. And if we give to the point that we're giving all we can. That's when our two cents really matters, when we give in all that we can. I'm not saying do what this woman, give all of her living. But if it doesn't hurt, it's not a sacrifice. And again, I'm not talking, I'm not just talking about money. Yeah, that, that's important, but sometimes it's worth going through a day tired. Because you felt to stay up late or get up early to pray for a brother or sister. Sometimes it's worth shutting down Facebook or whatever it is that takes our time to spend some time reading the Word of God because you've got a neighbor, friend, cousin, brother, sister that doesn't understand the Scripture, but you want to help them understand it so you spend time studying the Word of God. That's when your two cents matters. That's when... Our two cents matters. And our two cents worth matters the most when it allows all the ministry to walk in the place of its calling. That that's when it really truly matters. Is when what you do allows somebody else to do what they can do best. I hope someday not to be the only one who mows the yard or the maintenance or some other things. I hope that someday that Bethany is not the only one that plays the piano and sings by herself. Texas is not the only one who plays the drums. I hope that someday that it's not just two or three ladies standing here or two or three of us guys over here worshiping, but other people would join in and realize, well, I can't give a lot, but I'll give what I can. And I pray to God we we could all put our two cents in our all into what God wants so we can see this area receive what it needs. Because, Sister Janet, our two cents matters is when we give our all. That's when it matters. So, I'm done. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity today, God, to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, you're so good and you've blessed us so much and you've been so good to us, Lord.